in a world where live-action movies reign supreme, two awesome dudes are keeping things animated. If you want to hear a couple of animation nerds gush about the movies they love, then hop, run, or fly on over to The Cellcast. Available on most podcast platforms. Jacob, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drew. But wouldn't Moriarty disappear out of the holodeck? I think the only thing holographic is your brain. No, you fool, we're going to review an animated uh, movie on this here podcast. Brilliant! No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why would anybody want to listen to geek, two geeks like us? Because, you fool, these people have uh, are so very easily entertained. Okay, Drew. Nerf! Another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just keeps seeing ships out there in the desert, Jacob. Great snakes! Why, thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who just wouldn't give up that stinking bottled ship. Welcome, Drew. Fondering typhoons. What he said. <laughs> How are you doing, Jacob? Uh, I, I feel like I just got pushed overboard, and now I'm, you know. Crawling back to the uh, the microphone. Because well, how, how long the day's been? At, ve- at the very least, you're not sitting in a dinghy in the middle of the ocean with a fire. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, some captains, that's just always what always happens. But uh, yeah, I've been doing great. Um, expect from the guy who's also voices Gollum. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so day's been great. Uh, busy. I'll tell you the story in a minute. Uh, uh, tomorrow I have the day off, so I'll be doing rev- uh, a little bit of catching up, doing some movie review, movie of movie of the week podcast uh, viewing, and uh, working on a other project. Uh, cool, cool. The, yeah, quote unquote, another project we are working on. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, so I had a very interesting towards the end of my shift. I had a very interesting <laughs> experience. So. Indeed. What so, was that? So we have, be like, people need service dogs for all kinds of plethora of reasons, and so in server dogs, service dogs, service dogs, not sever, Cerberus, Cerberus. Now I've got myself confused. <laughs> no, no, service I dogs. She, I don't know what I thought she said. Anyway, all right. So today, like, we had two service dogs come in there. One was a trainee, which is the very cute. Very, um, oh, what was he? Uh, a golden doodle, which he wasn't golden. That's what you call him. Called the golden doodle. If he was a golden doodle, that means he's just a doodle. Yeah, he's a doodle. Like he was a very cool looking doodle. He was he was a pup training. And so this other one, he was a what was he? He was a retriever bulldog, pit bull. Sorry, retriever bulldog. So a pit retriever. Pit retriever. All right. All right. So I come up. And the checker is like, oh, he's so cute. Because <laughs> he's a cute dog. He's a very cute dog. And so the other, t- okay, so the girl I'm talking about, she's half Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And I get the I get the privilege of working with all kinds of the, I get the, the color spectrum right. as well with working at where I work. Um, and so the other girl who's Hispanic comes around the corner, doesn't realize the dog is there, and jumps. <laughs> Scares her half to death. <laughs> Right. 
And so she squeals in her, her very cute way. And then he's like, oh, it's a cute puppy. And pets the dog. You don't pet service dogs. No. <laughs> no, they are working. You do not touch the dog. The dog is busy. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing my job, but I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy scratching my ear. And so the other girl, there is another checker. She's getting ready to come out, and she pops her head out. Well, Danielle is African-American. And so the dog apparently didn't realize that uh, Danielle was there. It started barking his head off. Mm. <laughs> and so from, we all started busting out laughing. I was like, oh, poor Danielle. Because to me, I think it was more the dog didn't know she was there. Yeah. And so she popped her head out of that booth and spooked him. Yeah. So either or be like, it was it was a very interesting day minus customers being customers. But uh, yeah, that's how my day's been. Alrighty then. How's your day been? Busy. None, no fun story like you had, but it's been busy. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, uh, what have you had a chance to watch? Oh, what have I been watching? Let me count the ways. Alright, so, I got to finish uh, a series that came out, I think, three or four years ago. Try, uh, I watched most of it and finished it up the other day. It was um, Devil May Cry Baby. I wasn't a fan of Devil it. Devil May Cry Baby? Devil Man Cry Baby. That makes more sense. Yes. I'm, I'm, I thought I'm speaking had, too fast. I thought you had said you'd combined Devil May Cry mm-hmm. with Devil Devil Man Cry Baby. Yeah. So I was like, that's a mashup I was not expecting. <laughs> um, so I watched, I finished that, and then I finished, uh, uh, which was also on Netflix, uh, Kill a Kill. Ah, that it's like yeah would highly not recommend to any family whatsoever, <laughs> or not or, because it's bad. It's just there's a lot of stuff that really should not is not family friendly. No, absolutely not, absolutely not, and definitely for me making the grave error I've said you know, I've said before, uh, be like oh I don't know what kill a kill is I'm gonna watch it yeah it's just at ma- church <laughs> it's just a magical girl anime technically technically, <laughs> so. I finished the book. I, I finished. Uh, I finished the book uh, by Jim. You Butcher. finished the book. I finished the book. Okay. Yeah, be audio book, but I finished. Well, the book. that counts. Yeah, finished the book uh, by the amazing writer Jim Butcher and his uh, series, The Dresden Files, of uh, Full Moon, as in F O L F O O L, Full Moon. Okay. All right. So I finished that book. Really good book. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you want to come, because I do a uh, little. It's a, it's kind of like a book club, but not really. Yeah, because almost no one remembers to actually post in there. No, it's um <laughs> the what is it the twenty twenty reading challenge or something thank, like that. Thank you, thank you. I, I often forget what it's called. And you named it. Yeah, I named it. I put it up there. And so, uh, if you are interested in you know joining the conversation, in which we get a little traffic every once in a while. Uh, I think James is the one who primarily puts a lot of stuff up there. Him and Joseph. Him and Joseph, exactly. A lot of stuff, which I'm very grateful they do. Gets us a little more traffic than we, and it's 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 good to see other people are reading. Yes, uh, and so I, I need f- to drop some stuff in there. I keep forgetting to. Ah, our so yeah, and then I watched a movie that I hinted at earlier in pre-show. Uh, I finished the movie. I watched the movie. Uh, I'm not ashamed. Okay, it's it's a Christian movie. Uh, it's based on the true life of 
Rachel Joy, uh, Rachel Hope Scott, who was the first victim of the Columbine shooting back in mm-hmm. 1999. And it's her, sto- her story, her story of uh, faith in Christ. And it's a really, really good movie. I was very surprised because I had heard about it. And I was like, huh. And then the music video came out. One of my favorite artists, Jeremy Camp, did mm-hmm. the song for it. And sure enough, most of the lyrics from that song are from Rachel's Diaries, which she was a prolific uh, journal writer. I read, I read most of her, her uh, the, the biography they wrote of her. Yeah. And it was really good. Maybe a little conflicting here and there because it's coming from both their parents, her parents. But either way, uh, I enjoyed that. It was a really good movie, so highly recommend it. And uh, might be working on a project of that nature, we'll like, we said, like we said in the uh, post show. So if you want the post show, go watch it on Facebook Live. Right. So, and then for some reason, I'm forgetting the other film I watched. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dune. I'd say, does it have something to do with spice? Yeah, maybe a little too much spice. <laughs> well, you know what they say. The spice must flow. Yeah, I, I think when they made this movie, there was a little too much spice flowing. <laughs> Don't say anything yet. I have not yet watched it. That uh, okay. is tomorrow. Okay, got it. So, yeah, I watched that. I won't give my review here, but if you want the review, uh, my opinion, my honest, personal opinion. Keep an uh, eye out for that episode of Movie of the Week podcast, our sister show. Yeah. Sibling show. Sibling show. Whichever. There's no girls involved, so let's just say it's a sibling show. Yeah, it's a sibling show. That would be interesting of another. (laughs) Yeah. Either way, that would be. Anyway. Anyways. um, So, yeah. Uh, if I'm forgetting anything, I'll probably bring it up at another date or I'll post it down on the social medias okay. uh, later on. But that is all I have watched. What about you? Well, not much else. Uh, we did watch a little bit more of Kianichi when we were over at Chase's house the other night. Yes, that is very one true. Other, one additional episode. Oh, yeah. And then we watched two episodes of a classic Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. Called SWAT Cats, Radical <laughs> Squadron. Yes, I love SWAT Cats as a kid. Loved it. It was fun. Well, this really came out like in the 1990s, so I was mm-hmm. a teenager already. This was in a weird spot. It was like I was. This would have been after I was either it, it was coming out when I was get kind of getting on the tall end of you know Saturday morning cartoon watching, right? Or maybe just right after before. You know, the ego set back, uh, decided, hey, I can watch stuff for kids. I'm just a big kid. That is true. Uh, but um, I had not, I can't remember. I, I remember the show. I don't remember watching the show. Okay. Until this viewing. So it was interesting. The two episodes we saw. And then uh, I also watched a movie over at a friend of mine, Joseph's place, mm-hmm. uh, Whispers of the Heart, a Studio Ghibli movie. Really? That is on our list for, I think, if I've done my calculations correctly, not this uh, November, yeah, but next November. Oh, okay. I got so, you. keep an ear out for that in a year and a half. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, it was good. I do suggest it. It's not what I was expecting, mm-hmm. because technically this movie does have a spinoff movie called The Cat Returns that came out a couple years after this, that is, fr- which I have not yet seen, but my understanding is 
completely and utterly different okay. than uh, than the movie we saw. Also, it's nice to hear Country Roads in a anime. Okay. The song Country Roads is ever-present throughout that movie. That's interesting. You know, the John Denver song? Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Definitely have to look forward to that. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep keep an eye out for that episode when we get to it next year. Okay. Uh, so I did want to bring up, I did just remember what I watched. The Call of the Wild, the more recent one. Ah, uh, yes, that's a good movie. From uh, Fox, Fox... 20th Century... Wait. 20th hang on it's not 20th century fox anymore yeah it's, tw- it's 20th just, century 20th century studio yes 20th 20 20th century studios studio. yes the fox has left the building yeah kind of scurried out quite a bit chased by Alba the mouse it went off to hide with its uh i don't know as a Rupert murdoch and I, I lost it <laughs> either way it was a really good really really good movie um uh if you want my be like, I don't know if we're doing. We'll probably wind up doing this movie at some point on okay. some like some on other one of the two. Shows, I think it's going to fit more on movie of the week than it will on yeah. this movie. Yeah, which I kind of wish we'd have gotten it in this year because that would have been within our. It would have a window, but it just it fell by the wayside. Yeah, but we'll get that back in there eventually. Yeah, and whenever we get past the sequels movies. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Oh yeah, uh, so. Go check um, movie of the week. It's really good. Uh, I just got to say, Buck is best dog. I had a feeling you'd like him. Yeah, I loved Buck. I loved him because, just like you said, he's so animated. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, he's fully animated. But you know, uh, he was based off. It's not Balto. No, it's not based off Balto. No, no, no. Be like what I'm referring to is that be like what was uh, the motion capture for Balt for um, Buck. I don't know. I always assume Andy Circus because he does motion capture for everything. No, it wasn't Andy Circus this time. It was, I'm it guessing was, a dog. I'm guess what well, my guess is is a dog actually handled most of the movements, and then they CG'd the face to make it more uh, animated. No, you're no, you're right on the first one. It was a human. That wasn't Andy Circus. No, wasn't Andy Frank Circus. Welker. Nope. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I don't think Frank at his age could do that. But well, I think maybe the give, voice. It a, give it a. Tr- he doesn't have a voice. He's a dog. dog. But the dog. How many animals that don't have voices but still make sounds is Frank Welker voiced? I don't know. Well, a ton. In, 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 that, in that regard, yes. I don't know yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, actually, his model is actually based off a, uh, is based off of a, uh, a dog that they found in the shelter that looked very, that was a similar right. mix between what, that, what I, Buck would be called. And oddly enough, the shelter already named the dog. It was named Bucky. Works for me. Yeah. It's like, okay, you are now Buck. So, great movie. Harrison Ford, like always, did an amazing job mm-hmm. in this movie. And so, if you wanted to apply imply a little too much that, like, his son is named Ben in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'd just be like, like, if you wanted to, you could imply this could be Han Solo. Well, <laughs> but- I... Okay, so when this movie was getting ready to come out, yeah. I remember a meme going around the internet. Right. On one, on the top side, you had Han Solo and Chewie. And on the bottom, you had... I can't remember the character's name. Ben Solo? No, Harrison's character in, in Call of the Wild. Oh. Uh, can't remember his name. Harris. No, that's his name. Anyway, him Either. and Buck yeah. sitting next to each other and says, 
when the drugs wear off and you remember you're not a space hopping bounty hunter with a Wookiee by your side. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if we have finished with what we're watching, what do we got in the news? Okay. Any news? Any? No news? We, we got some Bunch of news? Newsy well, the, news? The, to, to not quote the band Lone Star, we, we have news. Only one man would give me the raspberry. Lone Star! No one's going to get that joke. Or you won't get that joke. I won't Other get people joke. might get that yeah, joke. people will get that joke. I don't get the joke. I'm quoting Spaceballs. Okay. That makes sense because I haven't seen the joke. You don't like comedies, so no. I'm not expecting you to enjoy the movie. I like romantic comedies for this some reason. not what this is. I know. <laughs> I'm fully aware of what Spaceballs is. I'm, I'm, I'm more the like pretty woman or the, those kind of comedies. You like dramas that happen to be lighthearted. Yes, exactly. Okay, now that we've got that cleared up. Okay, now now we have all the, 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 the dust settled. I'm still marking that. Mm. All right, so in the news, I could only find one like legitimate. There's others, but this one was just more, I couldn't pass it up. Okay. You know, obviously, there's no real movie news going on right now because there's probably movies in development. We just don't know about them yet. Right. Uh, the one this is coming out of uh, coming off of Disney Plus. Okay. All right. So the news the news headline reads: Disney Plus has ordered a new animated series from Lucasfilm, Star Wars: The Bad Bunch. First batch. batch. First bad batch. Ba- the bad batch. The bad batch. Apparently, the last season of Clone Wars, which I have not yet seen, mm-hmm. does have introduces them in like the first story arc of that last season gotcha so for those who are in the comments no spoilers please we'll get there when When we we get get there there. all right stealing a little from our other show yeah all right so star wars the bad batch fresh off the critical uh acclaimed series season finale of star wars clone wars the the disney plus original series will premiere on the streaming plot, the streamers in the seasons follow the elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch. First, clo- first introduced in the clone, first introduced in the Clone Wars. What is that season seven? Seven, seven seasons. Yeah, the final season. Final seven. What? Whatever. I mean, that's what it's actually listed as the final season. Yes, I was getting tongue tied so I could talk. Either way, all right. Uh, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of the Clone Wars. Members of the Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones with very genetic, uh, who vary genetically from their brothers of the, clo- of the clone army, use a similar external skill, which makes them extraordinarily, uh, makes them extraordinarily dangerous soldiers mm-hmm. and formidable uh, formidable crew in this in the post clone war era they will on daring mercenary mercenary mission will stay afloat and find new per- this would be debuting in 2021 well i'm glad d bradley baker will have enough <laughs> uh work next year since he's going to be voicing most of the cast probably and le- unless they spin it and be like, it's like, oh, here's another person that's not even D. Bradley. Well, Baker. I mean, but still, every member of the Bre- the Bad Batch. Yeah. My understanding is our clones of Django Fett, which makes them D. Bradley Baker. True. <laughs> True. He's got to do the voice, which 
Admittedly, D. Bradley Baker does an amazing job with that same voice. He does. In that show. He does. So, yeah. I agree. Agreed. So that is all the news I have. Well, let's get into our spoiler-free section of our review for the movie The Adventures of Tintin. Mm -hmm. This movie is better on a second viewing. Good. I'm just going to say. Okay. Uh, The first time I watched this, which was earlier this year, uh, the art style really threw me off. Mm -hmm. Uh, More on that here in a bit, because I think I finally figured out what bugs me about it. But uh, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed this kind of Indiana Jones-esque story. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fact that, uh, just as a fair warning, there is gunplay and there is whiskey, among other alcoholic right. a spirits. Lot, a lot of spirits. Yes, a lot of spirits. Uh, I don't remember ac- any actual coarse language, and there's no sexuality. But no. for the most part, this is not really... I wouldn't call this a kid's movie. I would say this is more of a young adult's movie, in yep. a way. Teenagers, I think, would be happy with this. Kids will love it, too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Right. But the the way this this goes about, it, it's not exactly what I would consider a kid's movie. Right. It's not something I'd, I, I... Honestly, I don't think kids would just would just sit down and watch it by themselves, but I could be wrong. But it's it's I enjoyed it on the second viewing. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? I love this movie. Uh, I got... I was just happened to go through a I've told this story before but go to a uh, a resale shop in Tyler uh where close to where um uh, and they sell reused movies and blu-rays and all kinds of amazing it's it's a you can say half price it's not half price but oh never mind <laughs> no um uh, I'm drawing a blank it's actually in the mall oh I don't remember the name of that place yeah, either me either this but, was all before the uh, second shutdown yeah really shut down but anyway either way so going through find this movie i've heard about it i've wanted to see it and so i pay like six bucks for it it's on blu-ray get home watch it enjoy the snot out of it it's to me it was a really well done movie mm-hmm. that to me was sadly never got its sequel it needed it deserved yeah and um uh, so well, we'll, we'll 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 talk about its, its box uh, office later, but I uh, should mention mm-hmm. as I was doing my cast research for this movie, yeah, one of the characters I will not say who the actor did have a listing for Ten Ten sequel, really, but did not go. I did not. I did not look into it any farther than that. Mm. So there might be hope after all. Mm. Maybe so. Yeah. So I enjoyed this movie. It was a lot of fun. It was like you said. It's you know Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. You know this. Well, this not really before Indiana Jones. It's directed by the same director who directed all three Indiana Jones movies. True, but we're I'm referring to the. Yes. Yeah. The comic is long before Indiana Jones. It almost mm-hmm. inspired Indiana Jones. Yes. In a way. So, I enjoy the movie. Uh, the animation is so well done. And I, I will get Sorry. into, I will get into my full disclosure of the film in our spoiler, our spoiler free, spoiler filled, spoiler filled. Thank you, spoiler filled section when we get there. Alrighty, but I, I really, really, really enjoyed. It. 
So uh, join us on the other side for our spoiler-filled thoughts on this one. a spoiler-filled review for the movie The Adventures of Tintin. Listener discretion is advised. The Adventures of Tintin was directed by none other than Steven Spielberg, who has also written, also directed E.T., Jurassic Park, and all three Indiana Jones movies. And a lot more. See, I thought you were going to call me on that, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Jaws? I said three Indiana Jones movies. Well, I was hoping you'd call me on that. Yeah, no, it was Because he directed all four. He directed all four. I I was more concerned to be like, wait, It's like, oh, I left off so much that that's what confused you, the fact Uh that I intentionally left off one of the four Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, the the one that most people don't just be like, nope, that's not a movie. Our, our people most most of the time will dismiss it. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, he's Jaws. directed a whole, whole, whole lot of good movies. Yes. But I don't list everything. I always list a couple of things. Yeah. Because if I listed everything, we'd be here all day. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was written by Stephen Moffat, mm-hmm. Edgar Wright, and Joe Cornish. Stephen Moffat was the uh, writer for five seasons of Doctor Who. And he was also one of the writers on Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Edgar Wright wrote Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and yes. Baby Driver, among mm-hmm. a couple other things. Still need to watch the movie. And uh, Joe Cornish wrote uh, Ant-Man and the Kid Who Would Be King. Okay. That's that King Arthur movie from yeah. last year with mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. In case you weren't aware. Yeah. Uh, it was based on the comic book series by, and I'm probably going to say this name wrong, Herge. Yeah, I, I think, think that's how you say his I name. I think it's her. Actually, one of the guys I know, uh, I think he's from Austria. I, I can't remember where you're from, man. Which so forgive me when I say that, but he said the uh, the 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 original artist was phenomenal. Right. So shout out. Okay. Uh, normally, I do not list producers, but considering some of the names in here, I felt uh-huh. I should. What is with that? Go, go for it. <laughs> All right, so it was produced by Carolyn Cunningham, Mm -hmm. Peter Jackson, Mm -hmm. Ken Manis, Kathleen Kennedy, Mm -hmm. Jason McGatlin, Nick Rodwell, Adam Somner, Stephanie Sperry, and Steven Spielberg once also produced it. Mm -hmm. And also be like, and I want to say Andrew Jackson, (laughs) but no, um, Help me out. Peter Jackson? <laughs> Peter Jackson. I said Peter Jackson. I know. I just got lost in names. Peter Jackson, also known for his movies as... Everyone knows what he did. Just say it. <laughs> Why? You don't apparently remember. No, Lord of, the, Lord of the Rings. Okay. The original Lord of the Rings, tra- Lord, Lord of the Rings both trilogy. Lord of the, both, all six of the Middle Earth movies. There we go. Thank including you. Including all three Lord of the Rings and all three Hobbits, and I think all six movies are great. Yeah. So boo-hoo for you people who hate The Hobbit. You people don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, music was composed by none other than the amazing John Williams, who Aww. also wrote the music for Star Wars and Superman and many, 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 many other great films. Jurassic Park. That too. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Harry Potter. And? Jaws. 
Do you want to do this part? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Getting into the cast, if that's okay. all right with you. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Tintin was voiced by Jamie Bell, who also voiced Ben Grimm in Fantastic. In other words, the bad Fantastic Four movie. Right. And he was also Jimmy in King Kong. Hmm. Captain Haddock and Sir Francis Haddock was voiced by Andy Serkis, mm-hmm. who is who's known for voicing Caesar in the Planet of the Apes, new, newer Planet of the Apes films, yeah. and of course Gollum and Smeagol in Lord of the Rings. Okay, very interesting point we said when Peter when uh, when they were do when uh, Weta 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 when Weta were doing uh, uh, testing because they were originally going to do Snowy as the full CGI dog. And everybody else was going to be live action. Yeah. So Peter Jackson, who was a huge fan of the comic, be like dressed up as the captain and be like and played his role. And so Steven Spielberg really wanted him to play Haddock. But okay. uh, but he didn't. Right. So it's it's a very interesting. Go, if you want to go watch that, go watch the uh, behind the scenes. It is funny because he does a very good job as Haddock. Okay. Just a little fun tit. Go ahead. All right. Saccharin and Red Rackham was voiced by Daniel Craig, a.k.a. the newest, the current James Bond. Da-da, da-da. He also played Benoit Blanc in Knives Out, which if you've not seen that movie, I highly suggest that movie. Still need to watch it. Thompson, without a P, was voiced by Nick Frost. He is Ed in Shaun of the Dead and Andy Knightley in The World's End. Huh. Thompson, with a P, was voiced by uh, Simon Pegg, who was Sean in Shaun of the Dead, Gary King in The World's End, Nicholas Angel in Hot Fuzz, and Scotty in the Abrams vs. Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Alan and Pirate Flunky One was voiced by Daniel Mays, who played the character of Tivik in uh, Rogue One. Oh. Ben Salad was played by Gad El Malaya. And the only thing I really could find for him that was of a notable role was in the movie Jack and Jill. You know, that really bad Adam Sandler movie. Oh, okay. Uh, he played the character named Xavier. Okay, then. Silk was voiced by Toby Jones. He played Dr. Arnim Zola in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and, and Dobby in Harry Potter. Dobby is free. Nestor and Mr. Crabtree, that's the, uh, Nestor is, uh, Saccharin's butler, chauffeur. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mr. Crabtree was, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Sir Francis Haddock's first mate. That's right, yeah. Because they're the same character, like those other two, it's the same model. Yeah. For those characters. Right. Uh, that was voiced by Ein Reitel. He played Deputy Mayor Hart in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. And. Something we're now familiar with. Yes. And he is this week's Kingdom Hearts reference. Da-da-da-da. As he played Scrooge McDuck in Kingdom Hearts 3. Ah. Replacing the original uh, Scrooge McDuck actor from the cartoon. Ah. In the other appearances which happened before his death, it was that guy. Ah. So, why didn't they just replace him with the new duck? Because this came. The oh, voice, this came the out before. The, re- the recording of everything came before they 
for or for the new show. Gotcha. And plus, the model in Kingdom Hearts three is still based on the old cartoon Got show, it. not the new cartoon show. Got it. Anyway, Tom and Pirate Flunky number two hmm. was voiced by Mackenzie Crook, who played the character of Regetti in Pirates of the Caribbean. And for those of you who are curious who that is, because I had to look that up. You remember in the first movie, the two pirates that go and kidnapped Elizabeth Swan? Yes. The one who has the fake eye, the oh, glass yeah. eyeball. Is, yes. That's that guy. Oh, okay. He's in all three of the original trilogy of those and plays that character. Anyway, uh, Lieutenant Delcourt was voiced by Tony Curran. Uh, Delcourt was the guy at the French Forge and Le- French Foreign Legion post ah. that they they talked to. Uh, that was he apparently voiced a char- uh, played a character named James Smith in Deadwood. Mm. The pilot of the airplane, okay, was voiced by Carrie Elwes. Oh yeah, who is known as Wesley in The Princess Bride, as you wish. And he played Robin Hood in Robin Hood Men in Tights. I still need to watch the movie. You will not enjoy it. Okay, because it's a comedy. Okay. <laughs> Hey, sometimes I enjoy comedy, sometimes I don't. We'll see. Yeah. So that brings me to the end of my cast. What do we got on the info slash IMDB slash box office slash stuff? Yeah. So in the stuff category. <laughs> all right. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a score of 77. Mm-hmm. And its audience score, audience critical score is the same. Okay. All right. So production companies hint companies yes. Com- is that companies all right so we have paramount pictures mm-hmm. columbia pictures mm-hmm. nickelodeon movies mm-hmm. ambien entertainment amblin amblin thank you wingnut films mm-hmm. kennedy marshall company mm-hmm. it took that many people people yes it did or more actually all these people decided to work together and all their companies had to be put in there and I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong. Uh, Hyrus Film Media Capital. Okay. All right. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures mm-hmm. in U.S. and what have you. Yes. And internationally, it was it was produced. It was distributed by Sony Pictures Releasing. Mm-hmm. All right. So its release date. It has a few different release dates actually. So. So it was originally released on October 23, 23, October 23rd, 2011 in Bristol, Bristol, Bristol. Thank you. Bristol tea. Gotta love it. <laughs> in Bristol. And of course I'm going to say it wrong. Fine, dude. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, it was released in the U S on November 21st, 2011. It's runtime. This is new. Mm-hmm. Uh, was 107 minutes. It had an approximate budget, or estimated budget, of $135 million. Its opening U.S. week, you, yeah, opening weekend, opening U.S. weekend, box ops, it grossed uh, $9.7 million. Then that was on November, uh, December twenty fifth, two thousand eleven, 
It's U.S. gross with $77.5 million. Now, it didn't do well here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. obviously. But internationally, it made bank, apparently. So it made... That just goes to show you that America is not the the main part of the box office. Exactly. It's China. (laughs) Well, China, yes, but we're not the only players is what I was trying to get at. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes things do better in Europe, people. They, uh, exactly. And plus, this is, this is where Tintin, Tintin, which is originally Airbnb. Right. Ten, what was it? Tintin. Ten, no, Tintin. Either way. Yeah, that's how the originally was Tintin instead of Tintin. In the who. Yeah, either way. So That's where it originally was, and it already had a fan base here, which it didn't have here to draw on. Yeah, exactly. All right, so its international release, its international worldwide gross was 373 Point nine million dollars. Okay. Now, why didn't they make a sequel immediately after that? <laughs> Who knows? There's everyone got involved with other things. Apparently, but like you said earlier, the fact that be like there could possibly even be another Tintin movie in the process, in the works. Maybe so. Hopefully, please, because it was such a good movie. All right. So, and something new to the box up, new to this info mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I am also throwing in home release. Okay. So it was released on March 12th, 2012. Uh, the release of 1010. Uh, get me to it. All right. So it was released, uh, obviously, on that date. Uh, it sold 504,000 504, units and generated $11.8 million in sales. Uh, making it the second highest selling home media seller during that week with 50% of its profit going from its Blu-ray market. Okay. So that is everything we got in info and stuff. All right. So getting into the summary of this film. While browsing in a 1930s outdoor market with his pet dog, Snowy, young journalist Tintin purchases a miniature model of a ship known as the Unicorn, but is accosted by an Interpol officer named Barnaby and a ship collector named Ivan Ivanovich Sakharin, who both unsuccessfully attempt to acquire the model from Tintin. After Tintin takes the model home to his apartment, it is accidentally broken during a chase between Snowy and a cat. A parchment scroll slips out of the ship and rolls under a piece of Tintin's furniture. Meanwhile, bumbling police detectives, Thompson and Thompson, are on the trail of pickpocket as stride as silk. After visiting Maritime Library to uncover the history surrounding the unicorn, Tintin returns to find the unicorn has been stolen, which he suspects Saccharin of doing. He heads to Marlin Spike Hall where he accuses him of the theft, but noticing Saccharin's model is not broken, he realizes there are two unicorn models. Tintin returns to his apartment, which has been ransacked, and is shown the scroll by Snowy. However, they are interrupted by the arrival of Barnaby, who is then assassinated while attempting to recover the unicorn. Tintin places the scroll in his wallet, but is pickpocketed by Silk the next morning, and soon afterwards abducted by accomplices of Saccharin on the SS Karabujan. He learns that Saccharin formed an alliance with the ship's staff and led a mutiny to take control. On board, Tintin encounters the ship's captain, Archibald Haddock, who is permanently drunk and has forgotten most of his past. Tintin, Haddock, and Snowy outrun the crew and escape from the Karabujan in a lifeboat. 
The ship attempts to ram their boat, but instead ram an empty lifeboat Haddock accidentally released during his escape. Noticing that two lifeboats has been released, Saccharin presumes them to have survived and sends a seaplane to find and capture them. Feeling cold and thirsty on the lifeboat ride, Haddock foolishly uses a stowaway bottle of scotch whiskey to put out a fire he started in the boat, causing an explosion that leaves the trio stranded on top of the upturned boat. The trio sees the seaplane and use it to fly towards the fictitious Moroccan port of Bagar, but it crashes in a desert due to low fuel and a thunderstorm. While trekking through the desert along with Tintin and Snowy, Haddock hallucinates and remembers his ancestor, Sir Francis Haddock, the 17th century captain of the Unicorn, whose treasure-laden ship was attacked by the crew of a pirate ship led by Red Rackham, who is later revealed to be Saccharin's ancestor. Sir Francis surrendered, but since the pirates killed off all of his crew, he chose to sink the unicorn along with most of its treasure to prevent it from falling into Rackham's hands. The story implies that there were three unicorn models, each containing a scroll together. The scrolls can reveal coordinates of the location of the sunken unicorn and its treasure. The third model is in Bagar, possessed by Omar ben Salad. Saccharin causes a distraction in a... Bianca Castaflore concert, which results in him stealing the third scroll. A chase through the city ensues, during which he gains all the scrolls. Just as he is ready to give up, Tintin is persuaded by Haddock to continue, with help from Thompson and Thompson. Tintin and Haddock track Saccharin back to Brussels and set up a trap, but Saccharin uses his pistol to resist arrest. When his men fail to save him, Saccharin challenges Haddock to a sword fight with the cranes at the dock... After the fight, Saccharin is pushed overboard by Haddock. He is then rescued and arrested by Thompson and Thompson. Guided by the three scrolls, which indicate the location of Marlin Spike Hall, Tintin, Haddock, and Snowy travel there. Inside, aided by Haddock, they find some of the treasure and a clue to the unicorn's location. Tintin and Haddock both agree on setting up an expedition to find Red Rackham's treasure. Although technically it's not Red Rackham's treasure, it is Sir Francis Haddock's yes. treasure. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to give my first like. Go for it. I am a lover of good puns. Okay. And there's a couple of good puns in here. Yeah. For instance, uh, our villain's name is Saccharin, Mm -hmm. which is much like the name Saccharin, Mm -hmm. which is a sugar additive. True. For more fun, he is later introduced in Bagar. By a different name, because he's kind of te- sort of technically in hiding. Yeah. As Mr. Sugar Additive, which made <laughs> me laugh like nobody's I didn't business. Get that. Wow. It is kind of a minor thing, and I was listening, going, "Wait, they didn't just say that, did they?" Reverse, reverse, reverse. Yep, they did. <laughs> they went with a whole kitten, and that's why she calls him uh, Sweetie Pie, also. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I did not pick up on that. So, yeah, he's... That, and that's the weird thing about his character is he's not really sweet or even kind of... No. So, or even faking sweetness throughout this movie, but they f- kept the, the joke of his character being saccharine <laughs> throughout the whole movie, despite the fact it doesn't describe his character in the slightest. Wow. So that, that was an interesting little thing I heard. Oh wow, that is that is that is a a bit of information I will never forget. Hopefully, you'll never miss it now. Anytime exactly. you watch the movie next Thank year. Thank you. Thank you. 
I know you'll. This is one of those movies you're probably gonna watch year after year after year. Maybe. <laughs> and you're gonna get to th- that scene in Bagar, and she'll say "sugar additive," you. and you're gonna laugh your butt off. <laughs> then I will. So my first like, by the way, very very good first like, very good. It happens every once in a while. It does. Maybe like, you you got some good puns every once in a mm-hmm. while. Uh, my first like would actually be the story. The the story itself is so incredibly well done. Based after the comic, it's actually mm-hmm. based after like, I think three different stories, which they we they wove together. Yeah, I could see that. And this the the idea that like this was Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And well, it also kind of sort of reminded me of um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the the Hercule Poirot. Oh. Kind of reminded me of that in a, in a way, except more of the that's more of the mystery side of things than the adventure. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So kind of a mixture of Indiana Jones and Hercule. Yeah, okay, totally get that. The idea that be like this, you know, young kid, young kid. He's pro. They don't really name what how old he is. He's a journalist. So but he's I mean, really he's, young journalist. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe he's just out of high school. Or Probably. not high school, just out of college. Probably. But, I mean, they intentionally, the character's intentionally drawn young in the comic, I yeah. think. So. Right. But just how we, we get so wrapped up in the story very quickly, we get to understand who our characters are. Mm-hmm. We get this, like, this, we get the, the, the model boat and the mystery behind that. And then we get into the 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 backstory of why like why are we chasing down this this unicorn, and it's just it's so fascinating, so uh, enrapturing, enrapturing of a story that I just mm-hmm. I, I found myself I couldn't turn away. Kind of like another movie I was watching recently, that quite the opposite. Mm. But you know, tune in for more of that. Like, yes, somewhere else. Um, but. The story is very encompassing. Be like it, it wraps itself up in a nice bow. It's so incredibly tight. The it's such a great. I don't know how to describe this. Mm-hmm. Be like it's a great story, and I'm I'm hoping and praying they do another one. Like you said, there's a possibility there might be another one in the, in the uh, near future. Maybe so. All right. So that is my number one. What is your number two? My number two is the character of Saccharin. Uh-huh. Played by Daniel Craig. Yes. I didn't who, realize that was I Daniel didn't Craig. realize it was Daniel Craig when I was watching no. it. I'm going, that's Daniel Craig? I can't even hear his voice in there. No, he's that good. Yeah. Uh, if Daniel Craig wasn't such a good actor, he'd make a wonderful voice. He'd have a wonderful career as a voice actor. He could out. I think he could probably outdo Frank Welker in terms of voices. Ooh. That, Notice that, I didn't say Mel Blanc. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's amazing how well, I mean, this is not the first time I've heard uh, him do a character that's not James Bond, because that would have been Knives Out, where he plays a southern gentleman of oh. charm. Gotcha. Which is not, this is not a very good accent of that. Uh, that's very British. <laughs> it's more, well, he's kind of sort of British, and I'm trying to do southern, but it's, Unfortunately, I'm going into my Beatles impression. <laughs> I sound like I'm from Liverpool. Anyway. Are the vultures from yes, Jungle too. Book? Jungle Book. That too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, 
Um, he, he plays that character. Admittedly, I am so used to him play, seeing him play a good guy yeah. that to see him play a bad guy is weird. That it is. I'm just, it's, and he does it so stinking yes. well. So well. Um, yeah, and I just enjoyed his portrayal of both uh, Saccharin and Red Rackham yeah. uh, in this movie. It's so well done, and you, it's kind of fun to see them see him get uh, beaten by the end of the movie. Yeah. After crane jousting. Oh, that was great. I'm sorry. That was... I know they call it sword back, joust, yeah. sword uh, fighting with cranes Dueling. in this. I'm sorry. That was a joust. That was a joust. <laughs> and that was fun to watch. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it's so good. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, what was your second like? Mine would be, speaking of the crane joust, the animation. Mm-hmm. The oh my word, the level of detail, like they, like the first time we actually started talking about this movie, the the fact that you have like it's so like skin retail retail detail skin yes. detail in this movie is uncanny lighting winds yeah. effect it's, and these characters do have a very real skin texture oh yeah almost to the point of creepiness but not really no. There's other movies like that. True. But, oh my, this, the, I'm trying to contain my excitement, but mm-hmm. it's hard. Oh, geek out. Mm. Geek out. Release oh, your geek. Okay. Wow. Okay. I, I, this was uncannily good. Like, it was probably the best animation I've seen so far. Okay. In years. Be like, Disney does their thing. Mm-hmm. Pixar does their thing. <laughs> The animation house who did this, and I know Wicca, Wick, Wick, Weta. Weta, thank you, Weta. Weta Workshop. Weta Workshop. Same did, people who did Gollum. Yes, Weta Workshop did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. with this. Oh, my stars. This was incredible to kind of quote, kind of misquote a certain Harry Dresden from a book I'm reading. Okay. But, uh... Oh my word! The the animation was so beautiful. Be like, there's like I always say, be like, if I could get a frame from this and put it on my wall and mm-hmm. be like, where do you think this is from? And people would be like, I don't know, but this is beautiful. Okay, let me point to this movie because this is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, like like I said before, skin texture, hair, definitely like on Snowy. Oh yeah. my gosh, he looks like a real dog. Mm-hmm. He actually looks like a real dog. And then you have the 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 subtle character characterizations of the, from the comic. So you have like obviously Tintin has his red poof. Yeah. And then the uh, what is it Harrison Harrison? Haddock. Hat. No, no, not Haddock, but the uh, detectives. Oh, Thompson and Thompson. Thompson and Thompsons. Be like their all their character designs are based after the comic book design, mm-hmm. but brought into more of a three D realistic world, and it's so beautiful. I mean, like obviously you can tell they're car- they're they're cartoon characters, but they feel and breathe like real living beings, and it's so incredibly just the detail of like the water effects, the wind effects, the fire mm-hmm. effects, like everything and that that jousting scene, like the like everything looked like it was actually real, and I was just ah so good, and I was just ah. 
it was good. I, I my my squealing is like can't describe it, but right. just so incredibly well done. And yeah, so that's my number two. I'm gonna stop geeking out. So what is your number two? Three. Three. My number Whichever. Th- my number three like is the fact that this is an adventure story. Yes. We do not get enough adventure no, stories in not. this day and age. They try, but they really don't do full-on adventure stories. They mm-hmm. get close. Uh, the closest I can think of animation-wise would be uh, How to Train Your Dragon. But for the most part, those stay in maybe two or three locations. Yeah. This one, the fact that we actually return to, uh, you know, back to where the ship docks, mm-hmm. that was at the beginning of the movie, yeah. Almost was disappointing because we had seen so many wildly different locations. We had seen a desert. We'd seen this desert town. We'd been on this boat in the middle of the ocean. We'd been flying through a thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. Every scene was different to the point where there's almost no recreated uh, or no reuse of Mm -hmm. character model. Well, there was reuse character models, but I mean, uh, scenery models. Uh, settings, any of that kind of thing. There is a reuse with the dock because that is the same dock from when they got on the boat mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And uh, Marlin Spike Hall, there at least on the outside of it. I don't think we saw the inside again except for the basement, which was a new or a different part of the basement, which was right. a new set. Right. But um, for the most part, every scene is its own. Uh, its own setting and it's never repeated, which is beautiful. Uh, one of my favorite scenes though is in Silk's uh, apartment mm. where he has, oh, yes. where all his stolen uh, wallets are. Oh, that was good. Scene. And the fact that Thompson Such and Thompson, it takes them entirely too long to realize, Oh, he's the pickpocket. Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, to the point where so I thought, good. surely they know what they're doing and they're just playing along until you realize, no, they really don't realize where they're at. Nope. Nope. But it's so well done. <laughs> but that, I love, every, I love that part of it. It's a, that's a scene that really does not, has almost any other movie. That scene would have been skipped. Yeah. It was, it would just been said in the next scene or there would have been a phone call where they say, yo, yes, we found your wallet. It was, because uh, we, we found the pickpocket and and all that. And it would yeah. have been maybe a short cut scene, like, uh, like a joke cutaway. Yeah. That would have been that. But in this movie, no, we get a full three, four, five-minute scene mm-hmm. of them finding Silk, going up to his apartment, <laughs> and talking about just... these wallets and yes. not putting two and two together that, oh, you caught the pickpocket. And just continuing until the guy goes, okay, yes, I'm sorry, it was me. I'm a kleptomaniac. And they're like, oh, really? <laughs> really? He, he seems he goes, so normal. Zing! Oh, so he's he's scared of being outside. No wonder he's got all his wallets in here. Of course. It's like, no, that's not what he means. <laughs> Beat my head against the mic. Oh, but anyway, that was that, that is such an interesting scene and i love the fact that we get a scene like that which when we really did not need a scene like that agreed and i appreciate that and i wish we got more 
movies that would be willing to try this kind of story mm-hmm. um, again, again, but we really don't get that many. But yeah, that's my number three. Like, okay. what's yours? My number three would probably be very obvious. I'll John give Williams? You, I'll give you three. I'll give you a minute to figure it out. John Williams. No. Uh, Peter Jackson. No. Steven Spielberg. Nope. Snowy. He's got it. <laughs> the the character. I kind of Sno- knew it was Snowy from the beginning. <laughs> I was just being honest. Oh yes, I, I knew you were. So Snowy, the dog, and I think he's 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 a terrier of some kind. I don't quote me on it, but the the way he's a brilliant white mutt. He's not actually a mutt. <laughs> I know he's not a mutt, but he's kind of anyway. He's he's a pure white terrier, which is very rare. Okay. So go back and watch the documentary on the the Blu-ray. I don't have the Blu-ray. Shame. I watched it on Amazon for free. Okay, then. I didn't even have to rent it. Oh, fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's on Amazon for free right now. People, go watch it. Yeah, good. Go watch it. Definitely. Go, 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 go. Uh, So, Snowy. If you're on Prime, that is. Yeah, if you're on Prime. Uh, So, Snowy. You're like Tintin's little assistant who... No wonder they went to Witta. For to design the character and to make this character, mm-hmm. just kind of like Buck from the Call of the Wild. Yeah, like we understand what uh, Snowy's talking about because in the comics, apparently he talked or he had thought balls. We we right. see him talk, right? But you can't really do that in a movie. No, because initially they wanted to actually make him talk, mm-hmm. but no, let's make him more realistic. So all his his facial gestures and what he does and he's like he's his own little mini detective on pause mm-hmm. and it's just the the amount of detail they put into the character the um the facial expressions the the body movement uh, like well the difference between buck and snowy would be like snowy is actually he's more based off of dog more dog movements He's he's not modeled after a little like a little dog or like a dog, mm-hmm. but uh, I think in this one they kind of have him as a uh, either he's a uh, set model a little a little puppet he runs around with, but because um, yeah because if if y'all don't know this entire movie except for Snowy all the characters were motion captured yeah motion captured this was phenomenal so if you if you get the Blu-ray get the Blu-ray. Let me reiterate it again. Go get the Blu-ray of this film. I don't care if you don't have a Blu-ray player. Buy a Blu-ray player. This is really 2020. Hard. People buy a Blu-ray <laughs> player. Exactly. If you don't want, if you don't have one, go buy it. Buy this movie and enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. So this, the to this point in animation history, you've never seen a dog that is quite like Snowy. Quite like Snowy, the his this I lo- I just like the character. I like dogs. I like character characters that are that are not human that have more personality than most of the cast. <laughs> most most of the uh, the human characters are probably smarter than most of the human characters. Okay, and there again, there uh, there's so many words. So many the maybe the lack of words or excitement I have of talking about this movie that I can't express into verbal form. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love the character of Snowy because I'd never heard of the comics. 
I had heard the movie. I'd probably heard the comic in the press junctions of this film. But actually watching the film, I was blown away. I know when this movie was coming out originally in theaters, uh, on the Comixology app, they were pushing this stuff hard. Okay. That's how I mainly knew it was based on a comic, but the original art style just did not sell me on the comic. I understand. But, oh, oh, so good. Such a good movie. And uh, just hands down for Witta and their work on this film, which is so good and just so uh, brilliant of how they did this. And, uh, yeah, I love it. All right. That's my third. So that brings us to the end of our likes. We need to move into our dislikes. Yes. And I'm going first on that. Go for it. So earlier you talked about how much you liked the, the animation and the character models mm-hmm. and all yes. that. And I may have hinted that there was something about it I didn't like. Yes. Go into it. When we were originally talking about this uh, earlier in the week, mm-hmm. I and it was before I rewatched it, and I had mentioned that I did not like how the characters were trying to go for both cartoony and realistic at the same time. Exactly. And I mostly was talking about the skin tones being the issue. Yes. I'm going to retract a little on that because honestly, the more I watched it and the more the shock value had died down a little, Mm -hmm. I actually could get behind how the, how the characters, uh, skins looked, the textures on that, the, uh, and f- and mo- and most of the model design, but I realized as I was finishing up the movie, really what throws me off, and it is a bit of, and we've talked about this one or two times before, yeah, about Uncanny Valley, right? And for those, and just as a quick uh, side note as to what I'm referring to by Uncanny Valley, uh, essentially what the Uncanny Valley refers to is uh, a. Uh, a study that was determined that determined how well we as humans like uh, fake humans, essentially. Right. Uh, based on how they are from being, you know, illustrated and almost very not human mm-hmm. to being super realistic human. Yeah. And there is a portion in there where your liking of the character goes up until a certain point where the, where they're almost so human that the fact that there's parts of them that are not quite acting like a human would act yeah. kind of throws in that creepiness factor. And this bit and that and that dip that you that saw seen on the graph is generally called the uncanny valley. Right. In this instance, I will say that motion capture is normally the go-to thing to kind of help jump over that gap because right. it fixes most of the animation problems that usually arise with this. Right. Especially with facial uh, animation. And I thought maybe that's what it was at first. That maybe there was something that was just off. Maybe my eyes just weren't catching it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the... I, I still think if they had... If, uh, they had gone with a more of a cartoony texture for the skin instead of, you know, real skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, I would accept this a lot faster. But I realize the skin's not the main issue. It's just the skin's an easy fix. Hmm. The issue for me is the fact that everybody's head is a bobblehead. Okay. You know, understand what I mean? Yes, I totally understand. Everyone's head is huge. Yeah. And I don't mean just, you know, big for the body. I mean, good night. It's like half the size of the chest. It is completely out of proportion. Now, I recognize part of that is the fact that they are, like I said, trying to marry uh, a more modern, realistic style design with the original character designs for these characters. Yes. And then keeping everything, you know, in uh, motif. But I think they overdid it with the head size. Because the heads are too stinking big for their bodies. Um, And plus, because their heads are bigger, the details on the heads are almost exaggerated in comparison to their bodies. Uh, The one that sticks out to me is Haddock. Yeah, because he's a older character. Uh, He's got his character design from the comic is much more of this grizzled sea captain. Yeah, and they translate that to this art style pretty well, I think. But because it's translated so well, you kind of look at it and go, "Did somebody hit you with the ugly stick?" I mean, don't get me wrong. He's it's a well, very well designed character, and he is very distinctive. And Andy Serkis does a good job acting as him, because I'm assuming he did the, the character acting for he this. He did. Um, but I still look at it and go, "Oh man, are you ugly?" And <laughs> not in the way I would expect a, a grizzled sea captain to look, to be ugly. A face that a mother would only love. I'm not sure on that actually. <laughs> Or more like a joke I heard once be like, don't show me that. I'm in my coffee yet. <laughs> he is just butt ugly. Yeah. Uh, and the part of, like I said, part of that is because of how they married the original character designs to this more modern style. And that, honestly, I think they get so stinking close. And if they either a shrunk the heads or B used a less realistic skin tone, I would not notice it as much. And it would not throw me off, but okay. Because they went with both, both are the issue, I'm kind of stuck where I'm at. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair enough. Uh, what's your first dislike? My first dislike would actually be the reuse of model of a character models. Because there there's a certain one or two characters they kind of just replicate. If here you're referring there. to Thompson and Thompson, that's no, how I, they're supposed to No, look. no, I'm not referring to Thompson and Thompson. Be like, that is intentional. Yes. There, there are like little background characters sprinkled throughout the entire movie well, that are the exact same characters, just dressed differently. In all fairness, and uh, it's understandable. I have, I have two, I have two um, defenses. For okay, this. Well, a the more technical side. These are very complex character models. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially for what was this? 2012? 2011? Yeah, Twenty twelve, twenty eleven, twenty yeah. Hold on. 2011. Yeah, 2011. These are very complicated character models. For oh, this. yeah. Granted. So, uh, creating more of this stock character model is going to be tough. Oh, yeah. But secondarily. Okay. This is a theory, and I would, would throw this in as perhaps 
a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A callback, an homage. Homage, homage? is the word I'm looking okay. for. Okay, homage. An homage to the old style uh, set adventure stuff, such as say uh, uh, da, 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 the Road to movies, like the Road to Morocco. Okay. Where everything is, they're not actually on set. They're not. They're not actually in Morocco or yeah. on the in, out in the desert. They are in a nice air conditioned studio. True. In L.A. Yeah. And they only have a budget for so many extras, and so they just keep reusing the extras. I True. have maybe that's not what they were going for, but okay. that's kind of how I defend that. It's like it's kind of an homage to that old style where, yeah, you have characters who keep showing back uh, 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 extras who keep showing back up as different characters right in different and just in different clothing but that's kind of how it would have been back then because it's kind of got the feel of one of those old 30s movies agreed but that's just my thought okay if it doesn't work for you that's fine there again yeah like i said that's I, my defense i agree it's a good defense um like that's like my it's about the only nitpick I really have is that like you have these reoccurring characters all over the place that have the same model. And uh, good defense, by the way. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very granted. And I really don't have a rebuff for that. But that's the only one I really even have. Though, even though technically they shouldn't have to. That is true. That is so true. Because like, this had a very good budget. Yeah. Very yeah, good that- budget movie. But understanding you have to cut corners in some in some fashions of worms so you you reuse character models and just redress them or yeah. reskin them and uh recolor uh, recolor well it was that's the video game term yeah yeah reskin these characters just give them new clothing or what have you and don't change their hair give them the exact same head just you know but uh yeah that's yeah, that's that's, you, you that's would, my only you would real think if they were going to follow more of the comic book look they would ha- have made a uh generic human they could just change the hair and clothes out for and it you would, would be, think at least fall more back into the general art style mm-hmm. of the comic but maybe that's just not what they were doing yeah this this character has a the the same character model pops up the four times in the movie mm-hmm. and i noticed that and it was like okay that's that's one itty bitty little yeah nick right but what's yours your number two. My number two. Is for a John Williams score, mm. this ain't his best. Okay. Uh, honestly, I would not even consider it in the top 20. Uh, I'm not sure how many scores he's actually had. A but lot. <laughs> I know he's had a lot. But I would consider this probably close to the bottom of almost every score I've ever heard him do. Hmm. Um, almost every, no, not just almost every song is forgettable. And it does a good job as background music. I'll grant you. Yeah. But there's not a song that I would want to that, that if I were to have the soundtrack on my phone and was listening to it on in the car, there's not a single piece in here. Where I could go, oh, that's what that moment was. It, it, oh, that connects to this point in the movie. It's almost all of it is just dull and boring. Hmm. No, no, dull and boring. That's that's mean. Uh, it's forgettable. Okay. And don't get me wrong, for a for the modern style movie that 
maybe uh, they were going for, which I don't know why, but I mean, it's just not his best score. It's not the dynamicness I like from a John Williams score. Mm. It's almost more atmospheric than it is dynamic. And for a 1930s style thing, I'm expecting more dynamic sound. I gotcha. So, yeah. I'm expecting something like uh, uh, an Abbott and Costello sort of thing. Mm. Not that comedic, obviously, but right. that kind of big sound that, especially in so many of these chase scenes in mm-hmm. this movie, and most especially there in Bagar, when they are chasing after these uh these three pieces of the scroll. Yeah. There's so many spots. And there's like, Oh, you could put a really good song in here, but you didn't. Yeah. It's an okay song. Yeah. It's not great. And then I think that's a problem with that is the fact that when I see the name, John Williams on the opening credits, mm-hmm. I am expecting over the star Wars. Wars. I'm accepting, expecting star Wars because that is the main thing I know John Williams for. I'm expecting something amazing out the gate and that is probably not fair to john williams i'll grant you but this is just not that good a score in my opinion it's you can tell he's on his way out and his focus while not yet on this uh you can tell he's almost saving up for the sequel trilogy in star wars yeah this is before they would have he would have started on any of that True. Because this is before the sell, the sale of a Lucasfilm to Disney. Right. But yeah, that's that's my thought. Okay. Yeah, I really don't have an, uh, a second or a third, really, because I, I just really enjoy this movie. And now, granted, if I watch it, you know, three or four times, yeah. I, I might find more at fault or problems with the film. But at this current standing... Be like, I thoroughly enjoy this film, and I really don't have any other dislikes. Honestly, I can't come up with a third dislike. I mean, I'm sure if I were to sit here and think about it, yeah. or more aptly, if you had actually had a second dislike, and while you were talking, one came to mind, <laughs> Yeah, I could say something. But honestly, this film, is, like you said, is that good. Uh, sort of the point where both of my things are more nitpicks. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our review for this movie. Okay. Uh, I am going to give this 7.5. Oh, okay. I know that seems low because I know how much you love this thing. Yeah. But this is not a movie that captures my imagination as much as I love the adventure aspect of it. Yeah. If a sequel comes out, uh, granted, I will probably go and try and get it in a theater, assuming we still have movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I enjoyed the movie, and I'm, I think it's a good one. It's just it's not not one of those I'm going to go out of my way to watch again. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm giving it a 7.5. Okay. What are you giving it? Oh, what am I giving this movie? I'll give it a 9. I had a feeling you'd rate it yeah, high. <laughs> I, like I said before in the review, it's like – Words escape me trying to describe the the magnitude, the the epicness, beauty of this film. And there again, if I watch another three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, 
And I'll probably find more flaws in the mm-hmm. film. Like watching Jurassic Park. Yeah. Be like, you watched it 20 times, you see all the flaws in the film, but it's still an amazing film. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel about Tintin. So, uh, yeah, definitely solid nine. It probably it has some flaws, like you stated and I stated a little bit, but you gave a really good defense for those. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm giving a solid ten. Okay. Uh, no, correction, nine. Sorry, nine. Okay, then. <laughs> not not in the German, nine, but nine. Right. All right, so that brings us to the end of this episode, which means right. we need to roll for our next movie. Uh, as you probably are aware, Monsters vs. Aliens. This is not updated. Oh, there it goes. Monsters vs. Aliens has been on the list for nine movies. Yeesh. And it has already grown into four spots, sitting wow. at one, two, Five and six. Wow. Also at number three, we have Dragon Ball Z The Dead Zone, which has been on the list for eight movies. Okay, then. So if we do roll Monsters vs. Aliens, Dragon Ball Z The Dead Zone is going to grow to fill those spots. But also, sitting at number four, is Toy Story, which has Mm -hmm. been on the list for five movies. Hmm. So, this being your movie, mm-hmm. I get to roll. Yes. And hopefully, if for no other reason than to get it off our list, I roll one of four numbers. <laughs> I knew it! I knew I it! I should have kept my mouth shut. Yes, I wasn't going to say anything. But what is the number you roll? We got number four, which is Toy Story. Bam, baby! The, the first theatrically le- the- uh, feature-length animated movie. And to say this, to get it out of the way, to infinity and beyond! So join us in two weeks, actually, Yes, for uh, our coverage of this movie. Uh, for future reference, I'm just going to go ahead and say this next week. Uh, Dragon Ball Z The Dead Zone is actually going to be the one that grows to fill in Toy Story spot. Ah. So we know it has to be one of the two. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, join us for that next time, and hopefully we'll be get to add a bunch of movies to this list soon. All right. So before we go, uh, let me give a shout-out to one of our listeners, Josh Adams. He sent us this amazing little, I guess you would call it a little spot he made for yes. us. Yes, little so, commercial. Yeah, a little commercial for us. So thank you again, Josh, for your what you sent in for us. That's amazing. You'll hear it at the beginning of this episode when you when you hear probably it. Probably already have heard it. You probably already heard it. Or I'll play it here. I haven't decided. Yeah. Either way, uh, thank you, Josh, for putting in the time, the effort, mm-hmm. to uh, make us a little commercial, a little bumper. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. Okay. Before we go into our pre-recorded outro, where's our Instagram? You can find us on Instagram at the Cellcast. That's one word. All lowercase. All lowercase. Thank you very much. And you can also find us on the... Yeah. What's our, what's our uh, Twitch? Twitch. Okay. Our Twitch is the... It's the Cellcast Gaming. Yeah, Cellcast Gaming. You can find and uh, after that, we've got what? What's our third? Our, U- our YouTube channel. YouTube channel, which yes. is the Cellcast, which I just now finally changed the profile picture for. <laughs> so it's no longer an orange background with right. a... 
with a white C on it is actually our logo. Yeah. So admittedly, yeah. I should have done this a year and a half ago since it's the Google account for our Gmail, but I just now got around to it. Right. So yeah, tune in next week when we review. Well, not next week. Oh yeah, not next yeah. time. Next week. We're going to release a Looney Virus episode because yes. I will be out of town. Mm -hmm. uh, so you want to hear us talk about? I think the one I'm doing is Duck Amuck. Okay, one episode. Yes, that is a fun one. So uh, join us for that one, and then in two weeks, uh, join us for Toy Story. Yes. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page. On Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. On Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. And on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher, our RSS feed. If we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.